Now, back to BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. And hey, Nick Ashew, BetMGM Tonight. I uh, may have been slightly overzealous. Maybe you too, Denton, uh, taking the commanders to end the Ravens streak. 7-0 already, Baltimore. Zay Flowers for the 26-yard touchdown catch. So here we are. Josh Johnson throwing it. Hey, that's a, that's a former Washington legend, Josh Johnson. In one of the years where they had five different starting quarterbacks, he was one that got a call. So, uh, you know, it's a revenge game. You know, you take advantage of the opportunity against an old team that burns you. We see revenge games all the time. And for the Ravens, they do it in the preseason game to extend their winning streak to 25 games. It's different for everybody. Hey, you know what? Josh Johnson hadn't started a game in the NFL since 2011. It was like eight years between it. So if he's got resentment towards the Washington... Yeah, he was... Listen, for somebody that came in and started a few games for them at the end of the season years ago, I forgot about that. I've actually tried to block that out of my memory. So thank you for bringing up that Mark Sanchez year, too, where he started a game. Yeah, I was going to say, I can make it worse with the Mark Sanchez uh, little stat in there. (laughs) So Sam Howell, two for two so far. uh, 11 yards passing. So we'll kind of see how this this offense looks. Again, like this is going to be... Maybe some more extended time for somebody like Sam Howell that needs – look, he needs the reps. He needs to get out there right now. I, got, I hate it. I've got, like, all these screens in front of me. He's about to just get pummeled. He just had three Ravens tackle him. So the TV – my TV in the setup here is, like, I can see most of it, but there's certain angles. I got screens in front of me here, so it's not – I got to move around a little bit as, as time goes on. But, yeah, the offensive line for Washington, as it is with, like, the Jets and some of these other teams – it doesn't matter Terrible. if you've got a great quarterback and great receivers. If you don't have an offensive line that can block for that quarterback, the assembly line of success is not complete. It starts with the offensive line. Yeah, the offensive line is terrible. Now, the sack that Hal just took is, I mean, if we watch that again, that's more on him than it is on the offensive line. I mean, you can't just be running around back there. you got to get rid of it in this offense. But the offensive line isn't good. I do want to touch on something, down. Nick. Um, because Charge mentioned Jahan Dotson. And on the Sunday show that I do with our boy PJ, the glass man, something that I've been saying for the entirety of the offseason, if you are looking to score big on prop bets, you bet the over on Jahan Dotson. Now, your question is, well, well what bet? Any bet you can find. And the way that he's going to be using this offense, he's going to have a lot of yards, and he's going to have a lot of touchdowns. You look at Jahan Dotson – you don't see him if you look at his stature, and certainly not if you look at him on paper. You don't see a red zone threat, but Nick, I'll tell you, that dude is as shifty as shifty comes. There's no one on this roster in Washington that's better at creating space in a phone booth than Jahan Dotson. He is going to put up monster numbers this year if he stays healthy. I want to say his receiving yards prop is sitting only like 700. I think it's somewhere around there. Slam it. Um, Slam. I think his touchdown prop is like five and a half. Slam him. It's, yeah, uh, here it is. Yeah, 700 and a half minus 110 both ways. So, yeah, Jahan Dotson at only 700, somebody that's going to get, you know, certainly more of an opportunity this year. Uh, when you'd hope, look, the, the things like they, they need consistency at quarterback. Like you need Howell to be out there the entire year. He doesn't have to be, he's not going to be Patrick Mahomes, but like watching him out there now, he's, he's holding onto the ball too long. Sometimes young quarterbacks will do that, but he's also four of four for 40 yards. And he did take that sack. That was a 13 yard loss on that sack, but you're seeing some consistency. You're seeing a rhythm right now and you're seeing Sam Howell 
create chemistry, build on that chemistry with some of these receivers. And if you can get that early in the season, especially with an offensive line that's clearly not going to be blocking for you, that ball is going to have to get out of his hands really, really quick. And to an extent, some of the criticism for Terry McLaurin as a fantasy player particularly is a bit unfair because we're watching Sam Howell now. And you know what I've seen a couple of times, Nick? I've seen the ball travel more than three yards down the field in the air which for a lot of the quarterbacks that Terry McLaurin has played with, I mean, he's played with a laundry list of guys. I, I think Hal was like 10th yeah. on the list of QBs that McLaurin has played with. Right. A lot of the guys can't throw the ball down the field. So you, you're getting a guy that can throw the ball down the field, even if McLaurin I don't think is going to outscore Jahan Dotson when it comes to fantasy value. You should get a much better value pick with Terry this year than you have in years past just because they have a guy that can throw the ball. Yeah, it's... There's oh hold on there's a live player oh look at dot now you got Sam Howell scrambling sliding knows how to take a slide I love this this is what I like to are see you on now you, you know on I mean cable honestly, or YouTube TV I gotta get by. I'm way behind you you're behind me oh okay yeah because I'm gonna switch I'm over to YouTube TV so. yeah then you're really behind even me maybe YouTube TV's cutting their uh their delay down because we're gonna have Sunday ticket on it soon so. <laughs> you got to cut it down a little bit. That's the hard thing, man. The live betting, I, I don't know what that's going to look like this year, especially early on. Like, I'm all signed up for Sunday ticket and everything, and I'm ready to go with it. But, like, the delay is real with any of these streaming oh, services. Yeah. Actually, I love YouTube TV. It's actually a really – it's it is great, but it is still delayed a lot more. There's a, it's It's one of the more lengthy delays out of all the different cable services that you can get. I've had that issue with the particular apps. You know, I was trying to, I, you know, I'm a big live better when it comes to NBA basketball, but I, I don't have yeah. cable. I cut the cord as a guy that's 28 years old living by himself. Like, I'm not paying for cable. It's just not feasible. So it is difficult when I'm pulling up on, you know, a nice Tuesday NBA doubleheader on TNT. I usually like watching those games, big, you know, big teams playing. And I'm anywhere from 30 seconds to potentially 90 seconds behind. Yeah. It's very difficult to live bet because, Nick, I love live betting first half overs i mean that that's my it's my bread and butter sometimes the bread is stale but it's my bread and butter and i i do it nonstop. i i'm a big fan of nba three-point props during like live three-point props if you can watch (laughs) a guy starting to heat up you still get like plus 250 to hit like he's got three and it's like plus 250 to sometimes just hit one more i'm like okay yeah i'm gonna do that it's the third quarter you got to find those prices and you got to get them where they're there because they don't obviously last very long. Speaking of the NBA, we got more on this uh, James Harden, Daryl Morey battle that's going on where right now, I mean, you can't even, the Sixers are such a mess. I don't even know what like the outlook for this team could even be if you're talking about playoffs and we've got win totals. We'll look at some of the NBA win totals a little bit later. But apparently now a part of this NBA investigation with James Harden and the Sixers is that James Harden telling league investigators, he was referring when he said that Daryl Morey was a liar. He was saying that, Daryl Morey told James Harden he'd trade him, quote, quickly following the time when he opted into his contract. And now he hasn't been. And the Sixers' stance now is that they expect to keep him. So that's why he's mad. Like, I thought this was going to be much more about the, hey, I took a pay cut so then I'd get a bigger deal later. Everything was going to be cool. Daryl Morey's my guy. We go back to Houston. Everything's good. We can go and be the same team that loses in the second round of the playoffs because we do every single year. And I can go three for 16 in a game seven and everything will be fine. But now it's... Oh, you promised me you'd trade me after I opted in, which I still don't even feel like is the main source of this because if you dig down to the roots, it still goes back to James Harden taking a pay cut and then helping that team 
essentially add more to that roster with the opportunity to get a bigger deal now moving forward. This is a complete disaster. I have no faith in the Sixers at all this year. I think this is a team that you just fade all the way through. I wouldn't touch anything in terms of, you know, playoff odds because who knows what they're going to look like if this thing is gets dragged on and James Harden's not out there for the first month of the season. I'm just confused as to where he thinks this is going. Because even if China, it was about the... Going. He's going to China. <laughs> <laughs> but even if this was about the I took a pay cut to eventually get paid, I mean, I'd have to dig deep into the, the NBA CBA. They're not exactly fond of that. So, like, you're kind of telling on yourself as an organization. like, And in this instance, what is the NBA going to do? He told me he was going to trade me, and then he didn't. Well, that's not a binding agreement. Unless it's written in a contract, we, we can't really do it. Like, we can't force him to trade you. Like, the fact that he's doing this all while the NBA is trying to crack down on this weird Damian Lillard situation where the agent is trying to force him somewhere, how on earth does James Harden think that, one, he's going to win this solution, and two, that the NBA is going to be his sidekick and saving grace in winning this solution like the way he's going about this is both delusional and it's elementary school it's, it's like when you tell on someone in class for doing something that the teacher really can't get them in trouble for you know i gotta be honest with you and this may uh i, I think i'm in the minority here i don't i'm like not that upset with the way james harden is handling this because if there was uh a, at least an agreement behind closed doors and he made a sacrifice for the team look we praised him, right? It was like, well, he, he took a pay cut. He actually cares about winning. That was the narrative around James Harden. It was, okay, maybe this team can finally break through. They're going to add some depth to this roster. They're going to put themselves in a position, at least get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Do something. James Harden's going to be more focused on winning. Doesn't have to go out there and get you 30 points a game. Doesn't matter. If there really was a conversation behind the scenes of like, hey, man, like, take a little bit this year. We would take care of you on the back end. We want to be able to build this team up so we can all win. And then they basically pull back on that with whatever was said or wasn't said. A lot of this is speculation. I could understand being pissed off. I wouldn't have approached it the way that he did, where he goes out of his way, drop the mic. Daryl Morey is a liar. Let me repeat that in case anybody missed me. Drop the mic, walk away. Like, that's maybe not the best approach. But I kind of do understand why he feels this way, if that makes sense. But in the end, I'm also not surprised. This is the NBA. Stars drive the league. And this is what the NBA is trying to reduce, trying to cut into. But the reality of this is you can't. These are personalities and these are stars. These are players that run the league, that run their teams, that have a say, that are important to the league, to the organization, everything. And if they want something changed, they're going to voice their opinion, knowing that that leverage is always going to be there. I just don't know how much leverage he has anymore. Because you have to, like, you only have as much leverage as somebody wants you. And who really wants him that can actually go, like, I'm sure the Clippers do want him. They don't, they yeah. still don't have a lot of assets because of the Paul George trade. They had to move heaven up to get Paul George because what they were doing was getting Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. So at the time, it made a ton of sense, but now you don't have any assets. Like, this is just a, a higher-profile version. If you remember a couple of years ago, J.J. Redick, who I love, I think he's a great NBA analyst, but towards the end of his career, he did something really silly, which is when he called out David Griffin for not trading him to where he wanted to be traded to. He said, I want to go be by, by my family and kids, and that's admirable. I, I, like, I, I love the fact that J.J. wants to be involved in his children's life, but that's not really the job of the NBA of a general manager 
to make that your reality. He, his job is to do what's best for the team. And Daryl Moore is in the same spot. Like a trade requires multiple teams. Unless you want to trade him to yourself. Like, hey, James, we're going to trade you right back here. That's that's what we're going to do. How about that? There's your trade. A trade is going to require multiple teams. And who across the league right now, if no one's trading for Damian Lillard because they don't have the assets necessary, like what is the market like for James Harden, assuming that he wants to go somewhere where he can win a championship? Like maybe OKC could go and get him, but let's be honest, with the culture they're building down there in OKC, and they're going to be good this year. Like I know you and I have talked about it. They're going to be a good team this year. You're not adding James Harden to that. He, he just doesn't fit with what you're trying to build. We're in a spot now in the NBA where all of the teams that have assets are young up-and-coming teams looking to build a big-time culture. And the thing is, a lot of the guys that force their way from team to team, it's very much in their prerogative. You can do that now in the NBA. And to a certain extent, like I'm all for power to the player, but they're not exactly the greatest culture guys. And that's just that's, that's what happens when you bounce around from team to team. Whether it's fair or unfair, you get labeled as a guy that's not willing to to be a part of a winning culture. Yeah, I mean, the only place that really makes sense to me, I, we actually did this last week a little bit on the show, is we went and sat around and said, okay, what teams actually make sense for James Harden? There's very few, other than like if the Bulls were desperate or like a young team like the Pistons even. What, why? Like you don't you don't need that. Like it's not just about right. do they have a spot or some assets. It's does that even make sense? The Clippers by far and away make the most sense. The problem is the asking price. Daryl Morey wants a lot more than what the Clippers are willing to give up. They're like, we don't really want to give up Terrence Mann. Maybe, but probably not. No first-round picks. And then Daryl Morey wants a first-round pick. And you've got to kind of go through this back and forth of what everybody wants. Look, the Clippers heading into last season, this season we just had, at some books were the co-favorites to win the NBA title. And on paper, you looked at them without Paul George and without Kawhi Leonard. They were a 500 team that year before where Kawhi was out the entire season. Paul George played like 23 games or whatever it was. And then actually missed the play-in game, too. I think there was like a COVID. He was in the COVID protocols when they were still doing that. And that was the whole thing. So heading into this past season, you thought, well, if they can stay healthy, yeah, the Clippers can challenge anybody in the West. The West is still as great as the Nuggets are. And as much as I think they can win multiple titles, the West is still relatively wide open. It's not at the point now where we're crowning the Nuggets the next Golden State Warriors. They could be, but they're not there yet. Like, I'm not ready to do that. The Nuggets are the favorites to win the title. But if the Clippers added James Harden and, and Daryl Morey finally just says, I'm done with this, I'll take what I can get, and you move on, maybe it's a three-team deal. And the Clippers don't give up a lot of their depth. They have Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and James Harden. I mean, that's a team right now. The Clippers are sitting, I mean, they're way, like trying to find the Clippers' odds to win the NBA title. They're 18 to 1. I mean, they're so far down. They're behind, they're even behind the Sixers, which is laughable right now when you think about it, <laughs> given what the Sixers do in the playoffs every single year. But like, if you add James Harden to that mix, and Harden's essentially the number three option, and all the cards come together, and this is actually a team that stays healthy at least come playoff time, which we haven't ever seen that happen. They did make the conference finals the last year Kawhi Leonard actually played fully in the playoffs. I mean, yeah, that's a team that can get to the conference finals, 18 to 1. If you bet them now, thinking the Clippers are going to end up making that happen, all right, maybe, but like that's the only place that makes sense to me right now. Right. Unless you want to come to Washington. Imagine the island of misfit nah, that team would be. Hey, no, no, no. They got Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole's going to be just getting buckets, man. You can't take that away. You can't do that. <laughs> Tell you what, if Harden actually went to China, though, that's where the leverage is. Fine, I'm going to go play in China. I'm taking my basketball, and I'm going away. Change my mind Monday next. It's BetMGM Tonight.